Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49 of the UK show. Tonight I'm joined by Naji Kara. Hello. Paul Hope. Hello. And Gareth Ellis. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, fellas. So it's that time of the season again. It's time to dish out some awards. Obviously, these are our awards. We haven't done any polls in the um, the group page. Um, so anybody that's listening, it, it's for their benefit to basically encourage conversation within the group. Let's put it that way. So tonight's categories are Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Unsung Hero of the Year, Player of the Year, and Team MVP. So we'll go down in that order. So I'll introduce the um, the category, and then we will start off with Naji first, and then just hand off to the next person. So let's start with Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, uh, I actually had to think long and hard about this one. I wasn't quite sure because of all the injuries, basically. But um, yeah, I mean, everybody that listens to this podcast, let us know what you think of what we picked and let us know what you would have picked. It would be a nice conversation to keep us busy during this indefinite lockdown. But um, I ended up going with somebody that I think the team has recognized has helped us this year uh, stay afloat, I guess. And it's uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., I think. Um, he stepped up when he needed, unlike other ungrateful running back we won't mention. Um, and he played pretty well when he was on the field uh, after, you know, the most out injury in week two, or I can't remember what it was, week two, week three, maybe. Uh, it looked, most out looked like he, he would have had this big season and he just couldn't get healthy ever again. So um, so I gave it to him because he's had his best career season. Um, I, I forgot his stat, but he was... Pretty pretty good, some something like four point eight yards per carry, which is you know what you need really out of a running back because you're running three times and that's first down every time. Um, and the, some key games, especially against the Rams, against big wins that we needed. Um, and, and he got a contract uh, out of doubt, the first one this off season, and I think it's well deserved. I, I'm I'm glad he's with us. He's a definitely a good backup and a, and maybe more. Who knows? Oh, I hear shock and <laughs> no, it's, it's a it's a good choice. It was certainly a it was a guy I considered certainly. Well, let us know who you got. Uh, I I yeah I I thought about uh, a few guys and and um, sort of sifted through and and realised there was no one who perhaps had that standout season because of injuries. Uh, so I've gone for Carl Uzcheck. We're well aware of how important he is to the way our offense works. I think he only missed a, a game or two, which is pretty good for our offense. And he he just does all that dirty work, and he does it so well. Uh, he had a career year, six touchdowns. He's been important for a couple of years, and perhaps it's just it's just disappointing there isn't isn't one of the flashy wide receivers 
putting in 16 games and 12, 1300 yards uh, to, to snatch it from him. So I, I, I'd like to give it to Carly Ushek. I think he's he's well deserved it. And and he's definitely near the top of my list for guys we, we desperately need to re-sign if we can. Uh, he's so important to the way our offence works. And I can't think there's another player in the league who does the job he does. And it's and it's so integral to the way we, we operate. Half the yards we get on the ground are, are down to him. Um, bit of an exaggeration there, but uh, I've picked him for the winner, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, and and I'll was listen, to, listen to what Paul's got. Yeah, well, you, you led me in nicely there, Gareth, because I've actually <laughs> gone for Ayuk as my oh. offensive player of the year. Um, it's interesting just sat listening. I like how we've all gone down different. I know he only played 12 games, but he still led us in receptions, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And it's seven total touchdowns with the second most on the team. And I think it was just a welcome breath of fresh air. When we drafted him, there was a couple of question marks. And I've gone back through today and I've watched the tape. But equally, I can see why you've gone for Ushek, Gareth. Great choice. Similar with you, Nadji, Jeff Wilson. I've actually considered Jeff one of the other categories. So I don't want to give too much away. But uh, interestingly, none of us have picked a quarterback. So I'm wondering where Lee's going down on this. Category. Well, funny you should ask, Paul. So the quarterback, <laughs> yeah. As I said in the last uh, episode, I think Mullins is going to be, uh, his name's going to be bandied about in the next couple of months. But no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going quarterback. I am not that uh, brave to pick anybody from our quarterback uh, court at the moment. But I completely agree with Paul. So I, I've gone with Ayuk. I think he's had an excellent season. I think his stats could have been better, but that's not on him. That's on the quarterback player and uh, the positions we found ourselves in. But he's been he's been a consistent pair of hands all season long. He's got 60 catches, 748 yards through the air, five touchdowns, averaging 12.5. Uh, I think he's been excellent. I think he's filled in when Debo's been injured. Um, and he's done a lot better than I was expecting of him in his first year. So that's why I've gone for, for Ayuk. So, nice on to Defensive Player of the Year. Let's start with Gareth this time. A uh, couple, couple of standouts, but I'm, I'm going for Jason Verrett. Uh, I think he's had a, it's a fantastic season. I, I wasn't really much of a fan. Um, I hadn't really seen what he'd been able to do. Wondered why we'd kept the guy around. And it became very obvious soon into the season exactly why we kept him around. Um, I think he's a he's an absolute top quality corner. Uh, and another guy we desperately need to re-sign if we can. Uh, I hope he's a, he's the sort of guy who shows a bit of loyalty. We took the punt on him after his long injury um, uh, problems. So hopefully he will say, well, look, I, I, I at least need a, need to give the Niners another season to pay back for the for the faith in me. Uh, but he he's not going to be cheap. I think just on the on the season performance he made, uh, that fantastic uh, interception against the Rams, um, that was a that was a certainly a memorable play. Uh, and I I just think he's he's sorted out what was clearly going to be a problem area for us when uh, Sherman went down. Um, and we, we've we've still got one of the, I think certainly one of the top top corners in the, in the conference, if not the entire NFL. So Jason Vrett, uh well deserved, well done, Jason. Would it I surprise know. you to find out that um, Witherspoon actually ranked higher than him? It, it Two would spots surprise, higher. That, that would surprise me. That would surprise me. So obviously this is based off a, a smaller um, 
sample size, but it does go over the threshold for the PFF ranking. So I think it was uh, you had to play 250 snaps um, to be able to go on to the ranking and have a, um, a, a position at the end of the season. So Witherspoon actually ranked sixth out of all cornerbacks, and Virat was eighth. Wow. That, yeah, that, is that surprised me. Yeah, I mean, but um, I mean, Spoons did play two excellent game on the backhand, um, but he, he didn't play much more than that. That I think I think that's probably where it comes. He really had very limited limited uh, snaps, but he did make it count. That's that's a good point. It's good to know. Um, but yeah, um, I'll jump on there because I've got the same pick as you, Gareth. I, I picked JV. Uh, I think if it wasn't for Alex Smith in the league, he would have had probably comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the amount of injury he, he had to sustain. And even last year when when we had to put him in because we had nothing else and he got burnt on the first play he was in and he wasn't right and got injured again. It, it was a very long shot for him to even just play, never mind at the level he did. Um, I think it changed um, the way we played on defense. We didn't have to rely so much on 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 zone and and on Sherman because he wasn't there, um, and I think uh, it, we, we were still one of the best defense in the league despite obviously missing Bossa and and Sherman and you know and Tart for most of the season um, and, and you know countless D line. Um, so so yeah, for me for me it's JV. Um, a we didn't expect it, and B. Yeah, he, he played pretty much every game. Or did he play every game? He did, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think so. He played every game, which I think, you know, this year is commendable <laughs> <laughs> for us. Um, so, yeah, I, massive fan. And, and like you, I, I can only hope he repays us the favor by maybe taking less money this year and, and next year can can get paid the way he deserves it. Um, but but there will be cap if, if uh, there will be a bit of room if Sherman doesn't stay and Maybe we can just kind of slide that contract to him and and give him give him the reward he deserves. But yeah, well, well done, JV. Good good season. And and we need it, right? You know, we play Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and and now Matthew Stafford. We need a we need a good corner. Otherwise, it's it's going to be a very difficult season. Yeah, you're not wrong. So over to you, Paul. Well, Najee has really surprised me there. I thought there was going to be another name. I'm not disagreeing. Brett was quality. For me, I went down the all-pro Fred Warner. He was the best defender on the team for me. Started all 16 games. I mean, wow. I know Nadji could talk for hours a lot more than me <laughs> about his boy, Fred. Uh, don't want to step anyone's toes, but, I mean, he was pro football folks' highest-graded off-ball linebacker. He posted a team-best 125 tackles, 18 pressures, and he was just simply the leader on defense that we needed. So that, this was an easy one for me. Um, not disagreeing with what you have both said about Verrett. He really surprised yeah, me this year. Um, like it, what Gareth it, said. It's just, if, if, if I give it to Fred now, if Jason Verrett doesn't get anything in this award ceremony. And I, I know he cares about it. So, you know, all players listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> so it's just it's just a way of, you know, yeah, you, you'll see Fred. Fred will have his time, I'm sure. <laughs> what about yourself, Lee? So that, that's very interesting. And it's very interesting what Najee's just said. Um, so if you recall, just before we start recording, I made a statement about how how you can vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So obviously you had already decided before I made that statement and it'll yeah. obviously explain where I'm going with my statement. So I agree with um, with Paul, I agree with Najee and Gareth. And I mm-hmm. have actually gone for Jason Verrett, much the same yeah. reasons as Najee. Um, but then I'm going to contradict myself as well a little bit later on some of the other categories. So I've gone for Jason Verrett, Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's had an outstanding year. I think he's been absolutely solid. Um, very impressive. It was very close between himself and Fred Warner. Um, and the reason I've gone for Jason Verrett is because I wouldn't put him in one of the other categories. But I think he does need to be acknowledged for the season he, he's had. He stepped up. He, he's been injury-free, which, which none of us imagined before the start of the season. We thought yeah. if we're going to lose one of our cornerbacks, it's going to be Jason Verrett because he's made of glass. Or at least <laughs> the three seasons beforehand. That's the impression that we got. So, yeah, Jason Red, he's been absolutely outstanding. Hopefully we can keep him, re-sign him for next season um, because I think I'd rather have him than Sherman, to mm, be honest. Yeah, and me. Yeah. I mean, I'd have both. Um, I oh, think, yeah, you know, yeah. If we could if we could log both of them down, it, it, it would be amazing. Um, I mean, I know we're all a bit down on Sherman, mostly because of his comment and the fact that he didn't play, but... I would still have him. Uh, I think it's better to have him than not. So I've but got if, to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not down on Sherman because of his comments. I can see where he's coming. It, it's all, yeah, yeah, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business. Yeah, so what, what players say when they're trying to get a new contract? I, I don't care. They can say whatever they want. As long as they perform on the field, I, I don't care. And Sherman has performed on the field, but I'd still rather have Verrett. But if we had the choice, if, if we had the camp space and we could have them both, yeah, I'd definitely yeah. have them both. Yeah, if we have to choose one or the other, I think I think JV's got a bit more upside, um, especially looking at the draft this year. And it's not the, the best corner class, but it looks like we might be able to get one quite high, maybe. I know we will talk about this in another podcast when, when the time comes, but um, we could go. It, it would be a, a nice a nice defense if, if Sherman doesn't stay. So, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Rookie of the Year. And this time we'll start with Paul. Well, I'm glad you made your statement before the show, because as you're going to tell, I've gone for Ayuk again, um, echoing what I said before. I was torn. Kinlaw has had a good season. But like everything you said, Lee, Ayuk, I looked at things like the play against the Eagles, which lifted me off my chair, the upside that he's got. And the fact that when he came in, I won't say we didn't have high expectations, but the season that he's had, so for me, out of our rookies, I went for Ayuk. Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll go because I've, I've got the same pick, and that's why that's why I didn't pick him in the uh, in the offense. I know we could yeah. pick twice the same player, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's even close. I know Kinlaw kind of ramped up towards the end of the season, and he's had a a solid season for the the job he's had to do and I, I won't be down on him at all and I'm really happy he's with us I think he, he could become at least as good as as Defo before um, be, before his year three and and that's a good sign but yeah I think I, you said it when you talked about the offensive player Ayuk was kind of electric he was kind of um the little spark we we needed sometimes and that touchdown against the Eagles was awesome. Um, he's had a really good, uh, you know, start-wise season despite um, 
very questionable player quarterback um good hands good size it just fits perfectly what we do and looking i, I remember on draft day we were a little bit surprised we we tr- you know we traded up to go and get him um well now i'm not surprised at all after seeing what he's he's able to do and he's a rookie he's learning the game at the nfl speed if he can improve uh you know gareth you always talk about an extra 10 percent every year if he can improve 10 percent next year and and, and again, the year after, by the time year three comes, he'll be an absolute monster and unstoppable. Uh, it's just a shame we didn't see him in the full offense with, you know, full complementary of running backs and Josh Kittle and Jimmy and Debo um, and, and Juice and everybody that, you know, needed to to have all the weapons. And then who knows what kind of season he could have had because he was kind of on his lonesome most of the part so but yeah kudos to them go ahead to him sorry um good season let's hope he doesn't turn into Dante Pettis here too thoughts Gareth uh, well yeah Brand- Brandon Ayuk for me as well um I think it was only really the choice between him and Kinlaw and, and as you've said Kinlaw has has had a a solid first season uh, and difficult, obviously, if we, we'd had Bosa and, and some of the other rotation players on the offensive line, Ken Law may have had more opportunity to uh, uh, to, to, to shine, but he's done the dirty work. But yeah, Ayuk has, has stood out as, uh, you know, seamlessly moved up to the NFL, uh, clearly grasped Shanahan's offense, clearly knows, knows his job, ex- executes can catch, uh, can run his routes, doesn't mind sticking sticking his shoulder into a block when needed. Um, and, yeah, him and Debo are going to just be a fantastic wide receiver pair, not just the kind of straight line speed, but but absolute bruisers uh, once they've got the ball. So, yeah, something very exciting for, for his second season, I think. So, yeah, uh, richly deserved, I think, for Ayuk uh, in a tough season. OK, so I agree with all three of you. I've gone for Ayuk as well. But I'm glad that Gareth brought up the fact that uh, Kinlaw didn't have Bosa on the line there. Yeah. So this year, Kinlaw has played a lot better than what I was expecting. He hasn't played the, the same sort of game as what Ayuk's played, the level I'm, I'm talking about. But I actually think it's been a huge benefit for Kinlaw that Bosa's been out because Kinlaw's been getting a lot more attention. It's been a lot harder on him. So next season, I expect it to be a lot easier for him. And I expect to see a bigger a bigger jump in performance than what we'd normally expect to see. And that's because yeah. with Borsa back, they're going to be doubling Borsa. And that means Ayuk, eh, sorry, not Ayuk, Kinlaw. Kinlaw's going to be one-on-one a lot of the time. And if we've got Borsa, Kinlaw, Armstead, potentially D Ford or whoever replaces D Ford if we do cut him, I'm still not convinced that will happen. But it, whoever's on the opposite edge to him, I think that's going to be uh, a lot easier for Kinlaw. And I think we're going to see a hell of a defense next season. Yeah, it's not just Bosa. You know, it's DJ Jones and, you know, all of these interior linemen that came into the rotation and got injured. If there's no rotation, you can't take a breather. And, you know, you have to be on the field for however many, many snaps in a row on a drive. And, you know, these people, they get tired, you know, like everybody else. Um, if if you have, that's why we built on in 28. In 2019, we had depth, so uh, you know DJ Jones didn't have to play three downs or four downs, and he could come in and make an impact, and and then swap with whoever else and and Buckner or whatever, and you're always 100% pretty much. 
And we just didn't have that this year, obviously, with the amount of injury. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a good mention. Um, the amount of play he's had uh, and coming from college to the NFL on the line is a lot more technical than people might think. Uh, the adjustments and the speed and and the technique and the hand placement and all that is it's a higher, you know, the learning curve isn't easy. So I, I, as I said, when I said, I'm hopeful he can be as good as Defo and, and that'll be awesome. But, but yeah, you take the text here for me as well. Fantastic. Okay. So the next category, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hear what each one of you have picked for this, um, this category and it's unsung hero of the year. So I'm going to go straight back to you, Naji, and let you go okay. first on this one. Well, uh, it was a, it was kind of difficult. Um, I was going to almost give it to Jeff Wilson, but after giving him the the offensive uh, player of the year, I just couldn't do it. Um, I'm going to give it to Laken Tomlinson because his name just not been mentioned whole season. Um, the line has been under fire, and mostly the right side of the line, but him and Williams on the left side have been rock solid, and I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Tomlinson has has graded very high in, in PFF. Um, now, I haven't gone back and watched all the tape and whether it was good or not, but I know having a, a new center on your right and a new left tackle on your left, uh, you know, um, it isn't something that's easy to manage for these people. They they rely heavily on routine and knowing what the other guy's going to do depend on that play or whatever and communication, which isn't something you can... You know, that it just doesn't happen. It only happens when you play. And because of COVID, these guys couldn't really play, get together a camp and, and all that, uh, you know, until basically the season started. And I thought um, I thought he had just a, an excellent season. He was solid. Um, and, you know, the, the blind side of whoever was in the center was pretty much covered the entire, the entire time, uh, especially compared to the right side of the line, which was... At the very least, questionable, and he's still very dominant in a run game as well as the pass game. So uh, I'll give it to him, and he also played 16 games, which I think this year is is a you know a, a massive bonus. I think if you can stay healthy, it's it's good. So there you go. Um, who wants to go next? Paul, do you wanna do you wanna go? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in, Naji. Um, when I this was a difficult one for me, Lee. So I narrowed it down to three. I was between <laughs> Jeff Wilson. Kerry Hyder, because he just came from nowhere, in my opinion. Yeah. But I'm going to go for Jason Verrett. Now, I know he's had a love on the show earlier. I'm just, my my thought process was, when I say unsung, the start of the season, if someone had said to me how well he would have played, I don't think I would have believed them. I think, like you've said, he was made of glass, was the perception. But this year, he's, you know, he's, the most snaps he's ever played in a season for us, extremely high level. Gareth touched upon it before. That interception against the Rams... That was a game-defining moment, and I was kind of chuckling when you two were going through him before, because I thought, oh, I was going to mention him. I, you know, I didn't think he would get the mentions, but, you know, it's crazy to think we're sat here now saying Jason Verrett or Sherman, oh, we'd probably all say Verrett. We want both, but if we had to choose yeah. one. And so, yeah, I'm going with Jason Verrett. What about you, Gareth? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm with Nadji on this one, uh, Lakin Tomlinson. He was he was a guy I uh, almost picked for this award uh, last year, but I, I went for I went for Jimmy Ward, 
um, because I'd, I'd been critical of him, I think, the year before, and uh, I owed him one. But yeah, um, Nagy's covered it nicely, so I'm not going to go into too much depth. But um, I think it's it's just a guy who just comes in, he, he does his shift, he, he performs at a high level, uh, you don't hear anything from him, and, and if, you, if you never hear an offensive lineman's name called, yeah, that's they're doing well. Because they only get called when they've when they've missed an assignment and they've given up a sack or they've just given up a you know a ten yard holding penalty. So uh, you know we barely which, heard... it, which it didn't do either. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, uh, one of the or perhaps the only highlight really of the of the offensive line, perhaps along with Trent Williams. But yeah, definitely deserved because uh, he, he almost got it last year. Um, so I'm pleased to give it to him this year. Interesting. Very interesting. So I'm afraid to say, Paul, you've gone all lone wolf on that one because I have also <laughs> picked Tomlinson. Oh, well, so that's, that that's is very the, interesting. Uh, the beauty of the surely and yeah. the different opinions for the listeners. So I don't know why, but I had a feeling that all four of us might have picked Tomlinson there. I was torn. Like I said, I narrowed it down to the other, the three I picked. Just you know, doing it today, doing my notes and watching the tape and. So, yeah, but no, I'll, I'll be the lone wolf on this one. Yeah. So I, I won't bother going into saying why, because you, you've already covered it, both Nadji and um, Gareth, for exactly the same reasons. So, yeah, that's uh, three three votes for Tomlinson. Okay, so the next one, the, ne- the next one is going to be very subjective. It all depends on what you look for in a player. And the next category is player of the year. So, again, this is going to be an interesting one to to hear your thoughts on this. So I'm going to fire off with Paul first. I'll go back to Paul so he can answer this one. Well, again, I've gone for a player I've already mentioned, so I won't say too much about all pro Fred Warner. He was a bright star in what was a relatively down year for us. Um, I looked at the likes of Kittle and our bigger players, but they just didn't play enough games. So again, when I watched the tape and looked at the stats, and I looked at what was the best player in our football team this year. For me, it was Fred Warner. Simple as that. Yeah, so you might have misheard me there. It's best player of the year, not player. <laughs> oh, I thought you said player. Sorry. No, no. Um, the best player of the year. Oh, um, well, when we did the show previously, I was saying the Rams game when Kittle scored his touchdown. And I was leaning towards that until I watched his one-handed catch against the Seahawks. And I thought, you know if there's a moment this season that I'm going to look back on and think how did that happen oh my god it would be that one so I'm going to go for George Kittle's one-handed catch versus the Seahawks so I kind of expected that to be honest (laughs) I did and I'm glad you did pick that one Um, but I'm not going to give the reason why I'm glad that you picked that one until uh, I get round to my choice so let's see Najee's thoughts on that well I think we talked about it I can't remember we did a kind of mid-season I can't remember what we did but we, we talked about it but yeah to me you just um, it, it's the JV uh, interception against uh, against the Rams um, A because even more so now it is the start of the decline of Jared Goff uh, at the Rams I think um, and you know B it was a turning moment in that game uh, I think he put the whole defense on his back and, and, and made the play uh, C, he saved Jimmy Ward's um, bacon on that one because he's not even covering the guy the ball is thrown to. And it's just an outstanding play in terms of 
vision and ball, you know, ball control and body control. It, it's like on the end, and it really changed the game. And and it's a massive part of the reason why we swept the Rams this season, which is kind of the one bright spot we've had uh, this season. We we managed to beat them twice, which which was nice. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll give it to him. I think I, I could have picked a number of. Um, Fred Warner's play, but that one sticks to me. Um, Over to you, Gareth. Uh, I, I think I should uh, should go back to you because I'm I'm concerned I might steal your thunder with this one. <laughs> All right. Okay then. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So what I'll say is interesting about the first two um, the first two awards. They are going to players that are players that required individual brilliance to pull off that player. As I said at the uh, start when I said uh, this category is all subjective, it's, it's what you want to see in a player will dictate which one you think is the best player. And the reason I did that is because I was expecting one of you to pick George Kittle's one-handed catch. So I'm glad you did that, Paul. So that sets this up quite well. <laughs> so I've actually gone for a player, I think I've, I've talked about it in a different episode during the season, um, but it was week three against the Giants. And it was Ayuk's touchdown late in the third, running in from 19 yards out completely untouched. And the reason I thought that's the play of the year, it's because it was a team effort. The blocking on that play was absolutely fantastic. For him to get from 19 yards out into the end zone without a single Giants player touching him was amazing. And that's my player of the year. Fair enough. Yeah, it's a good player, though. I'm I'm glad that, I, uh, I thought... I thought you may pick the same play that I have purely for, I think you've covered a, some good ones. There's obviously, there was there was Ayuk's leaping touchdown against the Eagles. Uh, I enjoyed Javon Kinlaw's pick six against the yeah. Rams. I love, I love a big guy touchdown when they're rumbling along. Um, always fun to watch. But I think the, the moment I enjoyed most was the second game against the Rams. Late in the game, marching down the field, we need to get that field goal. And Ross Dwelly lands a block on Aaron Donald at the end of the line, which I completely <laughs> see where missed. you're going with that. <laughs> but uh, if if you've not seen it, it's it's on Twitter. Maybe we'll put a put a link to the group. And I think Lee described it nicely by saying you can see the moment Aaron Donald's soul leaves his body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as he just gets hit by Ross Dwelly, and it's just. It, it's something that I enjoyed, I think, possibly the highlight of the season for me. Um, and I think it sums up all these. There's all, there's all the flashy stuff that we see, the touchdowns and the interceptions and what have you. But uh, ultimately, it all comes down to 11 guys executing their one-on-one assignments. Um, and if you want to just look at a one-on-one assignment, that is a a, a clear win against what people say is is the best defensive player of his generation. Uh, and yeah, he just gets flattened by a backup tight end. So well done, Ross. You you made me smile. So that was my play of the year. And I can, I see why, can, I ch- can I change my play? I've, I want that Ooh. one as well. That's, that's a, that's a <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say that. I can see why Gareth was going to say it. Was, I thought you were going to go that one late. I echo what Gareth said because... I remember you coming on the show doing the the preview the review show after that match and Gareth was right to 
let you go. I did think that was the way you were going to go, to be fair. I just I, I just forgot that it was a third down and sort of long to seal the game as well as being awesome. I, I completely forgot that. Yeah, that's cool. And, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, could it? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Okay, so on to the most important award of the night. Team MVP. Back to you, Naji. I mean, people... If 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 I was a betting man and if people were betting on this, it's it's not it's a you know easy easy decision. It's it's got to be all pro Fred. He was he was just absolutely amazing. Um, we called it I don't know week three week four that if he carried on playing like that, he would end up all pro, and he did carry on playing like that, which is not something that's easy to do, especially when you're losing so many um, you know of your teammates around you coming down. Um, I don't think he missed. I think he missed maybe what ten snaps when he got that stinger in his shoulder against the Cardinals on the second game, maybe. Um, which again, this season for us is, you know, commendable. Um, but yeah, he's the mo- he, he was the motor of of our defense. He's our captain. He calls the play. He's everywhere, sideline to sideline. He's making big flashy plays, and he's also making. Shoot, you know, shoelace tackle to save touchdowns. He's he's doing it all, um, and he was rewarded as a first team All Pro, which we haven't had in quite some time, I think. Um, and the Pro Bowl, which obviously is a different thing. But you know, when when you hear Aaron Rodgers, which has been in a game for this long and knows what a good linebacker is, telling him that he's the best um, in the base on the sideline or after the game or whatever. Um, you know, it's completely 100% true. And whoever gets annoyed at that, like Leonard Williams from the Colts, um, no, what's his name? Darius Leonard, sorry. From the Colts gets annoyed that he's better than him. Well, uh, no, you're not. Um, he's the best. And uh, I hope we can sign him to the, to the contract he deserves because we need to keep him forever uh, until he retires so we can put his name in the stand. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Paul? Thoughts? No, well, obviously, I missed her before, didn't I? I give the cat out of the bag. For me, it was Warner. Like Nadji said, you know, Aaron Rodgers, better judge of character than me, for want of a better word. To quote Gareth, none of us are NFL players. Um, he was just fantastic all season. Um, he just set the tone. I've listened to a few of his podcasts he's done since the end of the season. And like Nadji said, it's just on and off the field. We need to keep this guy. We need to give him the contract he wants build the team around him. Like I said, all pro Fred. We called it early on. Like I said before, team best 125 tackles. He was everywhere on the field. Two interceptions, fumble recovery. I mean, the highest graded defender in coverage per PFF. Um, He allowed an 81.9 passer rating when targeted. You know, the far lowest among linebackers. And I don't know how you three feel, but doing this before tonight, off the season we've had, I'm sat here thinking, you know, you've mentioned the play, Ayuk, the jet sweep where he runs in untouched. We've mentioned Dwelly, Handon, Donald, his soul. And you think this this bodes well for us moving forward. Kinlaw will be better this season because, sorry, next season, because of the season he's had. Well, like Nadji said, I'd like to think it's a clean sweep, all four have gone, Fred. But I am interested to hear your thoughts. So on that note, I will hand over to Gareth. Yeah, all pro, Fred. Um, I I don't think there was anyone other than perhaps Vinskano that I I really considered <laughs> for uh, for it. I, I I don't think it comes close in this. And perhaps perhaps Jason Verrett. 
maybe. Um, but yeah, um, Fred's the heartbeat of that defense. He's 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 been the mic'd up guy since since his first snap in the NFL, and he's he's just grown into it. And he's 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 the leader of that defense. We can build around him. Quan Alexander became absolutely um, surplus to requirements by the middle of the season. Um, and yeah, we we need to tie him up on a nice a nice uh, fat contract and keep him a niner for life. And that, yeah, nothing more to. I don't think we can say nothing more really about All Pro Fred. He is the best linebacker in the league. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, and I agree with all that. And he is my pick as well. And one of the things I'd like to mention. So if we go back three seasons when he first came into the league as a rookie, and he was handed the uh, the captain's badge, there was a lot of people questioned why he was given the captain's yeah. badge. And to be honest, the first few games, he he wasn't setting the world alight. He had a few of the analysts saying, well, you know, the, the defence don't know what they're doing because Fred Warner hasn't the experience to lead that defence. And they even questioned his ability to get the player um, get the player detailed to the rest of the team. And that's what they were pointing out as being the uh, the weakness of the team. So to go from the first three games where you've got analysts all saying he shouldn't have been given the captain's badge, he is a weakness. He, he can't get the calls done quick enough. He doesn't understand it yet. To being an all uh, first team all pro three seasons later, it, it just speaks volumes of what the coaching staff can see and that we don't. Yep, absolutely. Because they knew from day one how yep. special he was going to be, and out of a third round pick as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and now his 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 linebacker coach is our defensive coordinator. So you know it's only up and up from here, hopefully. So it's it's that type of that type of skill set from the coaches that gives me confidence that even though we, I say we, even though the Niner fan base is all being for a new quarterback, and we will speak about this in literally seconds, even though they're being for a new quarterback, neither Shanahan or Lynch have turned around and said that they're moving away from Jimmy. They've always yeah, been no, quite no. direct and said, no, he's our Thank guy. You. So, having said that, Let's move on to the quarterback situation. Were we surprised well, what, when we woke what, up Sunday morning? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, quarterback we situation. Should, well, uh. We should have, <laughs> yeah, we should have just, as you just mentioned, we should have just trusted, trusted Kyle and, and John. And they, they've been straight to with us all this time. And I know they'd said about the first Buckner that they'd try and keep him. And I think they just got an offer they couldn't refuse. And that's why he's gone. Um, but they've been banging on about the fact that Jimmy was going to start for us next year, and 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 yeah, and he's probably. I mean, the chances of him starting next year is north of ninety percent, I would imagine, at this point. Even if we somehow draft a quarterback in the first round, I think I still think Jimmy will will start. Um, but yeah, um, Twitter was kind of on fire about this Stafford thing, and. It turns out we probably inquired about the price and quickly back out because, frankly, whatever the Rams paid is, to me, I mean, way too expensive. Um, they won't have a first pick until 2024. Um, I know they're in win-now mode, but I, don't, I just... Some people like it. I, I mean, I don't like it because next season is going to be very difficult for us. 
we now have to play Stafford twice, Russell Wilson twice, and Kyle Murray twice. Um, and the NFC West is now definitely the, the hardest division to win in in football. Um, I don't know what you guys think. Are you disappointed he's not come with us for the right price, obviously? Um, I, I know all of you wouldn't, wouldn't want to pay even half of what the Rams paid. But um, if the price was way lower, do you, do you still think Stafford would have been an upgrade? Or, or uh, how are you feeling? Paul, how are you feeling? Um, I mean, obviously, earlier in the season, I think we got a bad rep, our group, as you either hate Jimmy G or you love Jimmy G. And I think... We've been quite objective as a fan base on on the subject. And and like Lee said, none of us have got an issue with running the season with Jimmy G. We trust Kyle. We trust Lynch. Now, go back to last season and the, all the rumours were going to get Tom Brady, Jimmy's going to go. The front office were quite honest. They kicked the tyres. They had a look at it. But the price, as in what Brady wanted contract-wise, his age, they felt comfortable going into the season with Jimmy. And I think it's, again, like, like you said, Najee, 49ers Twitter over the last few days has been, I mean, <laughs> Mental. Ironic, ironically, um, obviously it was a, a free football weekend, for want of a better word. So I yeah. promised the better half wouldn't have so much football talk. And then we had a much deserved lion on Sunday morning. And when I woke up and switched my phone on, I've got a friend who's a Rams fan. Now he's understandably over the moon upgrading from Goff to Stafford. And he's actually not bothered about the whole draft picks he thinks they're overrated but for me I'm glad we didn't pay that price personally I think if we'd sat here tonight and we'd given a couple of second rounders and you know I think we'd be saying yep Stafford's a nice upgrade contract wise and all the rest of it but when you look at the figures and the prices what some other teams offered and what the Rams paid I mean Christ almighty when did they pick in the first round again (laughs) we were laughing at the Seahawks of Adams um, and like you said you win (laughs) It's it's crazy. I mean, go back to, there was a couple, when Kyle first took over and Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football did that whole introduction of the white alternates and Kyle took the microphone and said, we don't care about what the other teams are doing. And I think that sums up our team. Well, we're, we're going to look at upgrading every position we can, but we're not going to overpay. So I'm glad we didn't pull the trigger on that price, but I think the off season's just getting started, isn't it? How do you feel, Gareth? Um, I, I was I was surprised. I think Lee just said something there at the beginning that says uh, Shanahan and Lynch have have never said they were going to move off uh, Jimmy. Well, McVeigh never came out and said he was going to move off Goff, even though uh, clearly Goff was the problem. So, I mean, starting with that, yeah, we've now got to face the Rams. Where where was the Rams' weakest link in a in a potential Super Bowl team? It was clearly their quarterback. They've yeah. addressed that. So in many respects, they can say, forget the picks. We, we've we've addressed that. And we've managed to get rid of Goff's contract, which was, you know, absurd for, for the player he is and the amount of money that the Rams seem to sink into a handful of star names um, and everybody else is, is playing for popcorn. So the Rams have undoubtedly improved. Um, there's no way I would have paid that. But obviously, I think they had to give away a first round pick with Jared Goff to get somebody to take his contract. Okay, so right. perhaps other people may have may have paid more. It'll be interesting to see if the Lions obviously want to stick with, with Goff and, and give him a pop for a season or two. Um, well, cons- I, th- I, considering I think what they, they will. I think they will. The new, the new GM is 
is the GM that basically drafted him, right? Um, Brad Holmes. Um, and, and I think that's why the, this happened. There was just a familiarity between, you know, McVeigh, Goff, and Holmes. Um, because I've heard that like the Panthers offered the number eight or what were they picking number eight this mm. year. So in terms of value, this it's massive. Like Detroit is picking um, top ten as well. So they, they could have had two top ten picks this year, which is absolutely insane. Um, and they didn't take that. They went for obviously two first rounder and, and a third, which is it's absolutely crazy to me. But yeah, I. I just feel, to me, especially after the season we've had, and I don't know what you think, Lee, but the Rams, yeah, they, they must be super excited now because they 100% got a shot making it to the Super Bowl next year with a team, the team they have. But all it takes is a couple of injuries, and then you have no future, and all your free agents will be gone. And then you become the Jets and the Browns, and you and you stink for 15 years. Because you can't get out of the hole you've dug yourself. What, what, what do you think? Where are you at, Tommy? So I think Stafford's not going to help Aaron Donald not get put on his ass again by Dross Welly. Dross Welly? Dross Welly, even. Yeah. So, no, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think he, I think based off his play, he probably would have been an upgrade on this season's Jimmy and even last season's Jimmy. However, I can't help feeling optimistic that Jimmy will end up being the, the quarterback we need him to be. I think somebody mentioned the other day, he shouldn't really be judging a quarterback until he's had at least a thousand, was it a thousand snaps or a thousand attempts, for which Jimmy hasn't. So right. I'm quite happy to go into the season with Jimmy. Um, I don't think we'll draft anybody in the first round. I've, I've said it many times now. I think it'll be uh, a low round if we do pick up a quarterback. And we will because we've lost both uh, Mullins and uh, Bethard to free agency at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's it's not looking as though we're going to re-sign those. So we'll definitely be picking up quarterbacks from somewhere. Um, although Josh Rosen has signed a one-year extension, I believe. So we've got him and Jimmy Garoppolo. We've on. got Josh, Josh Johnson as well to a future contract. So we do All have... Right. Oh, three, 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 yeah. But we'll so, have a fourth for sure, yeah. So, so when I saw the news on Sunday morning, I've got to say I was happy that we didn't pay two firsts for Stafford. And a third. <laughs> and a third, yeah. Basically because of his age. Um, I still think he's got a good seven years in him, which is a good time to, to have, but I wouldn't have given up two firsts for him. But it did get us thinking, what would I give up for Watson? Mm. So... I'll be honest, I have a look at the, the first round draft picks we've had over the last five, six years and how many of them were real stars or real difference makers straight away. And I would, I would be quite happy to give up five first round picks to go and get Watson because he's only 25 year old. We already know what he's like. He's a known entity. There's no, there's no risk about it other than if he gets injured. Yeah, well, that, that yeah. could happen to any player. So exactly. I'll be quite happy to give up five five first round draft picks to bring in. Yeah, Sean because that's Watson. that's that's five thirty second pick, right? Or thirty, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but truly, I think I think this is where the debate is. Is is what do you think a player is worth in in terms of? It's not what you pay when you get it, right? Because. So the Rams would have picked 25th this year, uh, which obviously is the the Jaguars um, pick for Jalen Ramsey. And, and when you look at it now, at the time I wasn't happy about that trade. Uh, if you know, as a 
I would have never paid that much for for Ramsey. Um, but looking at it now, a 25th overall for uh, an all-pro cornerback like Jalen Ramsey is 100% uh, a great thing. And if the Rams end up going to the Super Bowl and winning it, this trade is a bargain. There's no there's no two ways about it. Um, unfortunately, I don't. I just don't think the NFL is that simple. Uh, you just it's not just of oh let's replace Goff because he was a problem, even though he's already taken us to a Super Bowl. So clearly, it, maybe he wasn't the problem by himself. And more of a like, uh, th- there was clearly something else going on. And I've seen reports on Twitter about his girlfriends or whatever, which, you know, like relationships can sour really, really quickly over minor things. Um, and, you know, when you're in a season of football and it's all full on, it, it can go south very quickly. But at this very moment in time, I don't like it. Now, when it comes to Watson, I think I, I kind of agree with you. Um, but but I would be scared for the future because, as you said, all it takes is one injury and then and then it doesn't pan out and then you've paid five first first round pick for for nothing. Um, but yeah, I'd pay that for for Watson. What would you, Paul? Five five yeah, first. It probably I the mean, thing is though, it would probably cost more than that. I reckon. Well, that's the that's the issue at the moment, isn't it? Like I said, um, I've got a an old football colleague who is a Broncos fan had jumped on my Twitter. I didn't even, I haven't spoken to him for years. And on Sunday morning, he was bombarding me. And he was like, oh, the, the Watson price has gone through the roof. And I was like, well, it already is through the roof. I mean, yeah. allegedly, according to the Houston Chronicle, they were after two first round picks, two second round picks, and two young defensive stars. So like what Lee said, that, I would keep the two defensive stars and give them the five first round picks. And let's like Lisa, twenty-five year old. It, it's a no-brainer. We have said on this show, we'll whoever's under centre at quarterback, we will run with. But however, there's no argument on this show that Watson isn't elite. But I did have a chuckle getting ready for tonight's show, and I've seen murmurings of Kirk Cousins again, seen Matt <laughs> Ryan's name. I think anyone who's played quarterback in the NFL, I think buckle up. I think we're in for a rough off season until this is done. But like Good Morning Football said this morning, Najee. Deshaun Watson's got all the power here. The Texans can try and keep hold of him, but if he is as determined to get out and he's going to sit out, then it becomes a game of who gives him first, what who yeah, loses. Um, yeah. You know, new new head coach isn't going to want this dragging on. Um, the issue is, do you think they would take Jimmy from us, or do you think we'd have to get Watson and then release Jimmy? Or is there any mileage in him being part of the deal? Do we think? I don't. I don't particularly think Jimmy would want to go there. I no, think I that, that's the issue. Yeah, and Jimmy has a, a no-trade clause in his contract, so um, unless he agrees to it, we can't trade him away. Um, and I don't think he would. I think the, uh, from what I can gather from, from Jimmy and from the rest of the team, uh, I'm, I'm actually super happy that this happened. It's, it's kind of a way of making him understand that he's... He's not untouchable, and he's gonna. And I'm sure he knows that these people are professional. They don't get paid millions and have agents for no reason. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, absolutely knows that if he doesn't ball this year, if he doesn't bring us at the very least to the playoffs, I would imagine he's gone. He's not gonna have an extension, and we will cut him next year. And he knows that. So, you know, all of this talk about us upgrading and. It's the nature of the beast. People can see that we're a good team and we're 
won Dash and Watson away of being the chief, basically, and making it to the Super Bowl three times in a row or, or whatever it's going to, you know, happen. And I think that's where the, con- the conversation is. And the Niners are either a hated or loved team, eh, definitely in the US and less in the UK. But there's no middle ground about the Niners, is there? It's either people like them or they hate them because they beat them so many times in the past. Um, so that's what it's going to be for Jimmy. But I, I'm, I'm actually excited. I'm, I really want. That's the thing that I've realized the past few days is, I, I, and I think we're all on the same boat. Is we really like Jimmy. He's just not. He's not helping us by a not playing, obviously, and then b having suboptimal games here and then. But we really want him to be elite and and you know become one of those one of those all time. Niners legend. Um, I the, I only wish that. I really hope he comes out and burst 5,000 yards and take us to another Super Bowl, and then all of this would be a, would be great. What do you think, Gareth? Do you think Jimmy can do that? Do you think he's going to have more fire next year? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been a big fan of, of Stafford for a while, but when when it, the closer it became to actually possibly coming to the Niners, the more I began thinking. He's 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 old. He's he's not that athletic anymore. Is he that much of an upgrade on Jimmy? I'd say he potentially is, but but not not that much. Uh, we talked about it. I'm I'm happy to go with Jimmy. We've got uh, Scangarello back, the the coach who worked with Jimmy when he first arrived, uh, and he looked fantastic for those those few games when we traded for him. So hopefully we can bring us something some some of that back. There'll be a new pass game coordinator or, or you know, however they work it with a new offensive coordinator. So there may be a slight change of emphasis there, which which may suit Jimmy better. It's certainly a make or break season for him, but he's, he's an NFL quarterback. He knows that you're only as good as your last few games unless you unless you're, uh, you know, uh, Tom Brady or, or Aaron Rodgers. And you've got so much in the tank. You you can have a bad season and no one thinks you're you're a bad quarterback. So I'm I'm happy to to go with Jimmy for, for a season. Twelfth uh, is a bit, you know, do we draft someone there? I'm not sure. I can see us going D-line again. Um, we, we've mentioned it. We've got three very good quarterbacks in our division now. The way you nullify them is by having a monster pass rush. Uh, and that's that's maybe something better we can do with the 12th round pick than 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 maybe spend it on a project player or or, or something like that. Um, and finally, I think it, if if we had cut Jimmy or we traded him, I'd always feel that there it was a little bit unfair. He's, he's managed to complete one season and he took us to six seven minutes away from a from a Super Bowl. Um, it's it's a shame he's he's not at least given the chance to have another season with the Niners. Say so get yourself fit, uh, have another sixteen games, and we'll evaluate how you are then. That should have been this season. Obviously, it didn't happen with the injuries, so uh, I, I always feel that would have been a, a shame. So I'm happy to give Jimmy a, a, another season, but it's it's certainly it's going to be a, a, a defining season for him. He's he's got to show. A distinct improvement from from 2019, Jimmy. Uh, certainly eliminating the mistakes and, and showing that he's he's grasped the offense. He can he can go through his progressions and he can actually hit the wide open receivers that that Kyle schemes for him play after play. Um, and and he dumps it off to the running backs instead. So if he can get over that, uh, he can be a top ten uh, quarterback uh, and he can win it all for us. Um, it's whether it's whether he will. 
but yes, I'd I'd give five first round picks for Watson for sure. <laughs> he's, he's, my my logic was the same. He's got a five year contract. Imagine drafting Watson every year for five years, or you, even if you only keep that player for a year, and and you're doing that with picks that are at least twenty five or or later. So yeah, to me that would be. Uh, it's the risk because of the player getting injured, but but these days, obviously, players come back from ACLs. I mean, Deshaun Watson's already done his ACL once, and it doesn't yeah. seem to have, have stopped him. Obviously, uh, a second time could be could be more complicated. But but yeah, I'd I'd give the the five first for him. I'd give the two first, two second, and out of two defensive players, Greenlaw and Kinlaw, would you go Oof. that? Far? Uh, I was I was uh, thinking more Beth Adar Mullins, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know Nadji would give away Jimmy Ward for, for a pick, so and a, nobody and would want him though. That's, that's a problem. <laughs> I just think it was um interest sorry Gareth, I thought it was interesting like when it broke on Sunday morning, we were all on the same page when we were talking in the group chat. I think we all agreed they've overpaid for Stafford if we could have got him for the right price, but like we said I mean, the one of the four from Gold podcast guys, he's been up in the uh, the workouts that they were having last week before the Senior Bowl, and he tweeted ahead, I think it was Thursday Friday, it's a done deal, I'm hearing all the right things, Stafford's a done deal, and the amount of abuse he's received on Twitter in the last 48 hours is unbelievable. And you think, crikey, like, I didn't realise Jimmy had so much hate and some people wanted mm. Stafford that badly. I mean, I, I just don't see it. No, that's Twitter for you, though, isn't it? I, I, d- I don't usually do Twitter, and I did this couple of last three days just to keep track of this whole Stafford thing. It's not, uh, it's not the prettiest of world. <laughs> People are uh, getting at each other for no, for no reason. It's, a, it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, Shannon yeah. Lynch managed to get McVeigh to, uh, to jump Pay. and uh, give away an extra first round uh, or third round pick in a panic. When they yeah. uh, when they had no intention, but maybe they'll give us the 2025 first round pick for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, guys. So, sorry to cut you short there, Gareth. Um, but yeah, we're kicking on for an happy. hour now, <laughs> so I think that's uh, time we call it, and uh, we can pick up again with this next week because I have no doubt <laughs> there's going to be more controversy between oh, yeah. now and next week, um, yeah. whether it be Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott or whoever it's going to be. Um, so yeah. that'll make for an interesting conversation next week. But for this week and for all your awards, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until next time. Stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. We love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted. One and all with prime time. John Tiller, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. We're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.